You're listening to Guides for Brides, the wedding podcast. I'm Nikita from Team GFB, and if you're planning your wedding or helping someone who is, you're in the right place, because I'll be discussing trends, practical planning tips, and more with the help of some special guests along the way. So let's get started with today's episode. Hello and welcome to Guide to Brides, the wedding podcast. We are back for another episode today and it's all about wedding jewellery and wedding rings. And today we are on the road again and we have visited David Roger Sharp Jewellers in Henley-on-Thames. Uh, we are actually in their workshop at the moment, which is where they make their, make your own wedding rings, isn't it? Um, and we're going to be discussing all things wedding jewellery. So before we get started, David, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, yes, I'm David Rogersharp. We have a shop in Henley and one in Oxford. We're really excited to be here today to talk about all things bling. Yeah, <laughs> all things bling, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think we've got some lab-grown diamonds to talk about as well, yes, which is really exciting. Yes, we do. It, it's going to be a really interesting episode because I think this is one of the things that either you get engaged and you don't pick the ring and you go together to pick the ring or it's something that you discuss afterwards because you want to um, have a ring that matches your engagement ring and then also there's even more wedding jewellery isn't there? Yeah you know what's interesting is there's been a huge change in the way people buy engagement rings Mm. Uh, so you're right for for decades the man came in a bit nervous didn't really know what he was looking for quite intimidated Uh, but now we're seeing more and more couples coming in together Mm. uh, because you know he wants to make sure that she gets the perfect ring. And I think sometimes the woman wants to make sure that she gets the perfect ring. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, when I when I, I remember before I got engaged, I was sort of like dropping hints to my partner of exactly what I wanted for yeah. my engagement ring. <laughs> well, it used to be hints. Now it's a, yes. darling, this is the one we're buying. Yes, this is the one we're buying. And do you find that they um, sort of go in together before they get engaged? Or do you think it's like they kind of had a discussion, they know it's going to happen, but... Yeah, it's a real bit of both. I think we see the couples coming in together. She picks the ring, but she doesn't want to be there when he pays for it. Um, right. So he sometimes comes back later. But but actually more and more now that they're getting engaged um, with, you know, a, a ring pool or a Haribo suite uh, or they just have the words and then they come in together. Um, and actually it's quite nice when they come in together because you get to celebrate with both of them that, mm. that moment um, and help them find the perfect ring. Yeah, which is which is really special, isn't it? Because it's yeah. you know that Haribo ring is a really is a really sweet way to propose as well, isn't it? Excuse the pun. So, can you tell us a little bit more about finding? Let's let's go right to the beginning. Yeah. Finding that perfect engagement ring. So, what what kind of things do we need to consider? Well, I think now, uh, I mean, the most important thing is is uh, things like what, what metal, mm-hmm. which I think we're going to talk a bit about later. Yeah. Um, but depending on what the person does, uh, we might uh, recommend a certain metal for them. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's about some people just simply want bling mm-hmm. and some people want to keep it quite traditional. So it's really about asking all the right questions. So we'll ask customers questions like, you know, what do you do for a living? Uh, what kind of, you know, jewellery do you normally wear? Because if someone normally wears yellow gold, the chances are, they're going to go for a yellow gold engagement ring. So really, it's about getting to know the customer first. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we always sort of say, you know, story first and then product second. Right. Uh, because once you get to know your customer and the, the products that they already love and have already invested in, it gives you a bit more of an idea of, of where you're going to take that next. Um, and actually, what we're finding more and more now is that clients are turning to 
uh, turning away from traditional diamonds and they're mm. going for uh, coloured gemstones. Um, or at the moment, we're seeing a lot of people really interested in, in lab-grown diamonds. So I'm not sure. Are you familiar with lab-grown? Yes, grown? I've got one. <laughs> oh, fabulous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, the lab-grown diamonds are definitely picking up in popularity. I'm, I am actually seeing them a lot on TikTok and, and sort of social media like that at the moment. Oh my God, There's a big hype. It's huge. Yeah. I, I mean, it's and it's interesting because most traditional jewellers are terrified of them because mm. they simply don't understand them. Uh, and there's so much misinformation out there about lab-grown diamonds as well. So tell us a bit more about a lab-grown diamond versus a natural diamond. I mean, I guess the, the, the main thing to understand is that both of them are diamonds, 100% mm -hmm. diamonds. There's no difference optically, illusionally. You know, they're, they're both made fundamentally of four carbon atoms in a tetrahedral you know, shape and then layered. They're both diamonds. There's mm -hmm. no difference. The only difference really is, is how they've come about. So uh, natural diamonds are mined from the ground and lab-grown diamonds are grown in a lab. Um, but they both are chemically, optically, the exact same thing. Um, there's a lot of pros for, for both, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, natural diamonds, there's the, the wonder of it coming out of the, the coming earth, out the, the earth, grounds, yeah, yeah. all those kind of things. But actually, I think more now what we're seeing is people are they're a lot more interested and invested in, in, in the suffering of other people in the world. Mm. And I think that's where we're seeing, and the whole eco-ethical uh, side of things as well, people are more aware of what's going on with the planet. So we're definitely seeing a, a big uptick in people asking for lab-grown diamonds because they understand that there's no human suffering. They're completely conflict-free. Um, you know, the, the, the resources, the natural resources that they use to mine diamonds is, is astronomical. Um, for one carat diamond, they use 156 gallons of water. Wow. As we're for lab-grown, it's about eight. Right. So it's much, much less, much less resources needed to grow a lab-grown diamond. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing how it's done. The science behind it is incredible. I mean, they, they basically use a, a, a diamond, mm -hmm. so a seed. So it's a bit like putting a seed in a, a plant pot and watching it grow. Um, they put a seed in the special chamber and then they add gases and plasma and they heat it to 6,000 degrees. So that's <laughs> the same temperature as the sun. Um, and then wow. they add, <laughs> the gases create pressure inside the chamber and it's the equivalent of you balancing a jumbo jet on your pinky. That's how much that's pressure. That's how much pressure? Yeah. Okay, yeah. wow. So they're, they're effectively just recreating what happens in the Earth's mantle mm -hmm. in a chamber. Um, they come out, they grow like a rock. I, I think a lot of people actually think that um, they're like cubic zirconia, and they're kind of they just they're just made in that shape like a diamond, and they're not. They have the same, you know, when it when it grows, it grows like a, a rough rock, and then it has to go away and be cut the same as a natural diamond. Um, but I, you know, I think it's it's grown, not mined, and mm. we're seeing a lot of people now. And the best part is they're so much more accessible. Yes, and that, that I think was a big thing um, for my partner mm. because he said he looked at both options and he said that actually he wanted to get a certain size yeah. and not less than that. And so when he was looking for things, he was like, well, actually, I, I can't afford the mined diamond in that size. I'd have to significantly reduce. It wasn't like talking 0 0.1 carat. It was quite a significant drop in the in the size of the diamond that he could get so he wanted to get a lab grown because it actually meant I could have a bigger diamond than he was initially thinking so that's and, and <clears throat> you're right it's 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 the the for, for a lot of clients the first thing we ask is you know how much do they know about diamonds 
And then how much do they want to know? Because mm. actually some people just care that it sparkles. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And they don't want to know all the other bits and bobs. Um, but, you know, for a, to give you an example of, 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 of equivalence and cost, a one carat natural diamond will cost around about £8,000. Okay. Um, a, a, a lab-grown diamond is probably about three to three and a half thousand. Right, so it's a significantly reduced cost. And do you think that's because there's less resources needed to to sort of actually get hold of the diamond? Yeah, I think, I think there's a. I think at the moment there's a there's a lot of things in the market that are keeping the prices quite low. And I think uh, there's a lot of people trying to get on onto the market and and grow them. Um, some of the the big players in the diamond industry are terrified of it because you know they don't want to see. Uh, their investments uh, devalue. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of information about these things having no resale value, um, not being the same, uh, being fake diamonds. We hear all these this, this language is being used, and most of it's incorrect. But it's just because people don't understand them. Um, so the prices are are, are 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 really, I think, where natural diamonds probably should be. Uh, you know, it, people think. I mean, I've got a question for you. How many uh, carats of diamonds do you think were mined last year? Because they're oh, rare, gosh. remember? Yeah. Um, I don't know, a couple of thousand? 146 million. Wow. <laughs> so when we talk about rareability, I mean, how rare yeah. are they really? You know, yeah. 146 million. So, you know, I think I think diamonds are... I mean, I love diamonds. I always have. I think they're, they are amazing to think that something has been in the ground for two billion years before it ends mm. up on your finger. I mean, that is that is incredible. Yeah. Um, but actually, it's when I go back to the, when I, when I really think about the suffering and the children mines, and you know, there's at least one in a thousand miners die every year uh, mining for diamonds that, wow. that we know of. And you think you can take all that away simply mm-hmm. by growing them. Growing them in a, in a lab. Yeah. And that's the thing as well. I think for, for me, I always I wanted something ethical and that's mm. what something I made very yeah. clear. Um, but how can you guarantee that if it's a natural diamond? It's, it's one of those things that's quite difficult to guarantee, Absolutely. isn't it? Because you, you can't always follow a supply chain perfectly in, in all instances. Whereas with a lab-grown diamond, you literally get a number. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, exactly. is the, this is yeah. the diamond that grew and this is how it was grown and where it was grown. And That's brilliant. And yeah. you talk about that number, you're right. Every lab-grown diamond diamond on its girdle we call it the side of the diamond mm-hmm. has a a, a a serial number mm-hmm. and that serial number is also on the certificate which is done by a third party that tells you the color the clarity the cut so actually you know immediately that what you're getting and you don't get that with natural diamonds you go into most high street dealers and you buy a diamond the only paperwork you get is a receipt to say it costs this much mm-hmm. you don't actually get a a, a a certificate from independent body but with lab grown diamonds you do so you actually know you're getting something that's uh, also higher quality uh, and i think the market is changing i think we are as a jewelers we are we've made a huge decision to to actually sell through our natural diamonds and, and simply go lab grown because you know we care we care about the environment we care about the people you know we employ 20 people um, and i would hate to think of any of their kids having to you know work 15 hour days for a mm. dollar so uh, for us it's actually a lot a huge amount of it's about the, the ethics um you know especially when you're in a place like oxford as well and mm. um, people really do care and i think we're, we're, we're seeing more and more people and the more research we do the more we, we find out about the the the, the suffering and the uh, the the, the impact, benefits yeah. and the impact, yeah, absolutely. So, and um, that's why we've sort of chosen to sell through our natural and become lab only because it just gives people so much more value for money. Um, and we, I talked earlier about one of the things we're seeing now as well is a lot of people are going for or opting to have a uh, coloured 
diamonds, or sorry, colored gemstones. Mm -hmm. So things like aquamarine, tanzanite, sapphires, rubies, and they're wonderful. You know, they, they make such a, a statement on the, the finger. You know, if you've got a, a nice aquamarine with a diamond either side, the trouble is it's not suitable as an engagement ring. So we see a lot of people buying rings that we try to not discourage them, but we have to explain that, it, you know, an aquamarine isn't suitable for everyday wear, but just simply because it isn't hard enough. But now you can get a diamond, the same colour as an aquamarine, that costs less than that. Oh, wow. So it will be the same sort of, well, I want to say the longevity, but, you know, they're, yeah, they're so, diamonds, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you, you get the feel and the colour that you're looking for, but you know it'll last forever. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's, it's great. It gives people so much more choice. Um, and that's what we're really focused on. So we've got a lot of blue diamonds and pink diamonds and yellow diamonds, green diamonds. I mean, diamonds come in every colour you can imagine. Really? I didn't I didn't realise that. I've never heard of a like, blue or a green diamond. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I mean, red diamonds are probably one of the, the, the most expensive gemstone on earth. Really? Uh, it's probably a red diamond. So they're completely inaccessible to, to every pink diamonds, for example. A one carat pink diamond of good colour could cost you a million pounds. Wow. We have them in our window for... Five thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's, it's a significant difference there. Huge then. difference when it comes to coloured diamonds. The the difference is, is is incredible. But you just get something of beauty. You know, I mean, yellow diamonds, a canary yellow diamond on your finger. It's just stunning. We're seeing a lot of couples now, a lot of women actually self purchasing jewellery as well. Really. So where you would wait for a significant birthday or mm -hmm. anniversary, you know, to get those lovely diamond earrings or diamond necklace. But they're now more accessible to the average person. So women are actually now coming in and buying themselves diamonds, which is really empowering when they can say, yeah, you know, yeah. I've I bought cards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, these are my earrings. I paid for them. Yeah, exactly. You know? So Love we're seeing that. a lot more women actually self-purchasing with lab-grown, uh, and they all care about the ethics as well. So it's great. It's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, especially since, like you know, as you say. The, the difference is how they're grown and that's it and it's not it's still it. a diamond yeah. either way yeah. and you can't you know you, you buy so for example i'm going to pick up this three stone diamond ring mm -hmm. so it's three oval uh, cut diamonds yep the middle one is a carrot on either side you've got a half carrot so it's about two carrots in total set in platinum uh, the sparkle on it i mean if you look at that sparkle it's absolutely Beautiful. fabulous and we're going to do a close-up shot of this if you're watching on youtube I mean, I'll have a look at it. the sparkle is incredible Whoa. so you know, very, very beautiful. Yeah, they're much higher color and clarity. It's completely certified each stone. But if you take that to any jewelers up and down the country, you can't tell the difference. They wouldn't yeah. know. So you think, well, why are we spending? I mean, that was uh, four thousand pounds, lab grown, natural, two carats. You'd be looking at probably twenty thousand pounds. Yeah. So it. What's that? Less than tw about twenty percent of yeah. the cost. Yeah. I mean, that's that's. I mean, it, it sounds insane. It sounds yeah. almost too good to be true. Yeah. And I think that's what the the some of the big um, companies are doing is they're trying to make it sound like it's too good to be true. Mm -hmm. uh, we obviously won't mention any names, <laughs> um, but they're, by by making it sound too good to be true, people sort of believe that. But the reality is, is it's a diamond. Yeah, that, that, and that's yeah. really, really nice to hear, actually, because, you know, as being in the industry, I've sort of like heard a growing interest in this now. Yeah. Um, but when my partner said, oh, you know, I, I got a lab-grown diamond, and I was like, oh, tell me more. Like, yeah. what, what does that actually mean? And it was quite nice that, like, he was in the shop and they would express all of that and they would tell him about it and tell him um, 
all, about all of the ethical benefits and things like that, which is, to me, is much nicer. And you know what? In my head, I'm like, this diamond was grown for me. It's mine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, do you know what? We're finding people are actually excited to talk about it. Yeah. As where people would be a bit nervous, oh, my ring's it's not a real diamond. No, they're saying it's a diamond. But yeah. guess what? Guess what? It's really, it only costs this much. Yeah. People are actually excited to share the fact that their diamond was grown in a lab and it was ethical and it's this little impact on the earth. Um, and it's great because, you know, we're then seeing the, the introduction of, of lab-grown diamonds into wedding rings. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're now seeing a, a much bigger range. Um, and obviously, we, we sell a lot of wedding rings. You know, couples are coming in together, always together, generally for wedding rings. Um, and they can now get that beautiful wedding ring they've always dreamed of with diamonds all the way around it. And it doesn't cost the earth. Mm. Literally, it doesn't cost the earth. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's great as well. Yeah, that, and speaking of wedding rings, I think that leads us nicely into sort of the, how do you even know where to start when oh, you choose a wedding ring? Oh my God, it, it, you know, it's, it's, you're right, it's frightening because there's so much choice as well. Yeah. And there's so much confusion around wedding rings because you've got, I mean, if you look at the wedding rings in this tray just here, mm. you've got a, you know, traditional court, soft court, flat court, premium court, D-shape. What does that mean to you? <laughs> Honestly, nothing. <laughs> exactly. So, and that's what it always comes down to trusting the experts. Yes, you know, absolutely. So people still people buy wedding rings online, uh, and then they come to us because it doesn't fit, or they're not, you know, they don't like the shape of it, because it is so bamboozling just the sheer amount of finishes and things like that. So, we always recommend people go into a, a jeweler that they trust. So often it might be the jeweler that they've bought their engagement ring from and mm-hmm. um, we recommend you know starting there actually because um, you've already got a rapport with them and a relationship with them um, but not everyone wants to go back to the initial jewelers they went to so it's about going to somebody who who again really understands the importance of finding the perfect ring mm-hmm. for you and your ring should really complement your engagement ring yes um, a question we get asked a lot is oh should our rings match no mm. you know it's your wedding ring Wear what you want to wear. And that's exactly it. So I'm getting, well, my partner and I are going to make our own wedding ah, rings, which I know fantastic. you do as well. So we're yeah, going to talk about excellent. that in a second. Yeah. So we're going to make our own wedding rings. Um, my cousin is a silversmith and ah, she's brilliant. going to, she's worked with White Gold before, so she's right. going to help us with our rings. Um, and it was a case of actually just going in and trying stuff on and yeah. figuring out the shape that we wanted because, you know, court, flat court, soft court, d shape means nothing to me exactly whatever looks nicest is probably more important and feels the best on on my hand um so you know when you go in and try on wedding rings what should you be looking for i mean i think the the first thing is to make sure you're comfortable Mm -hmm. so um we're not going to recommend it silly as it sounds the clothing you wear can actually be quite important Mm -hmm. you know if you go into jewelers and you're all hot and bothered and you've got gloves on your hands are a little bit puffed up mm-hmm. you can sometimes feel a little bit uncomfortable trying on rings so make sure you're going comfortable and um, we normally recommend going in as a couple mm-hmm. uh, it is amazing how many times we have uh, women coming in or men coming in and they're buying for both but they're not quite sure of the size so we recommend coming in together and um, you know and try things on it's amazing how people come in saying i know what i want and then they leave with something completely different. So we normally say go in with a bit of an open mind mm-hmm. and, and just have a bit of fun and try everything on because what you think you want and what you end up with are actually often two very different things. Yeah. Um, and that often comes down to us um, making sure that we uh, listen to our customers and actively listen and find out well, actually what's suitable for them. You know, If you're uh, an electrician and you work with your hands all day, 
actually having white gold probably isn't that suitable mm. because you're going to scratch all the rhodium away. Uh, having something that's brushed may not be suitable because the brush will come away. So it's often about um, um, knowing... Uh, everyone has a style. They know exactly kind of what they want to begin with. Um, and then it is just a case of trying things on because we recommend normally, you know, you want to stick to the same metal. So if your wedding ring, for example, is platinum, or so your engagement ring is platinum, you probably want to go for a platinum wedding band. Something that matches nicely with that metal. Exactly. And we're finding now about, God, about 80% of the brides that we speak to are opting for diamonds. Mm-hmm. So um, again, it's 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 changed a lot from, you know, 30 years ago when uh, actually a lot of women would take their engagement rings off and just wear their wedding ring and it'd be a big, thick gold band. Um, people don't want that anymore. Uh, they want something that just makes them smile yeah they, they can enjoy wearing and yeah that and that's the thing as well isn't it when you you want to feel like it's something that you can wear every day so if you do work with your hands a lot you probably need something stronger than white gold and that's quite an important aspect really yeah absolutely and also as things you know it's there's 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 so much to understand when it comes to buying your wedding rings that mm. it can be quite confusing and you know we hear a lot of things for example if you've got a a nine carat uh, wedding ring, uh, engagement ring, you must have a nine carat uh, wedding ring uh, because they have to be the same carat. Well, that's not necessarily true. Um, and it goes the reverse. If you've got an 18 carat engagement ring, you don't necessarily need to have an 18 carat gold wedding ring. Uh, it often comes down to the age of the ring so uh, and the alloys that have been used. So by going to an expert, you'll get the, the, the right information. Um, it's a great sales technique. Oh, you must have this ring, which is three times the price because your engagement ring is 18 karat gold. When the reality is maybe they can't actually quite afford 18 karat gold and nine karat would suit them. Um, Metal is measured on something called the Vickers scale, which actually measures the hardness. So there is a science behind it as well. So the Vickers scale measures the hardness of, of, of the metals. And what they do is they now create a recipe so i mean mad recipe but the the gold is is um 18 karat gold is made up of 75 percent gold mm-hmm. and the rest is made up of other metals which we call right. alloys um, and what they do now is they can mix the alloys to make the metals the same hardness so actually you can wear a nine carat with an 18 carat without it damaging or winning each other away there are benefits of 18 karat gold you know it has less silver in it so it won't tarnish as much but the actual hardness should be the same. And that's why I think going to a trusted jeweler who knows what they're talking about, you'll get the best advice and it might actually save you a few pounds as well. So talking about making your own wedding rings then, um, this is something that me and my partner are doing. What about you guys? You, you've started doing this quite recently, haven't you? Yeah, we, we saw, I mean, actually it was from a lot of inquiries we were getting uh, from couples who just couldn't quite find what they wanted. Um, we thought, well, let's make it. Let's go bespoke. Mm-hmm. And then the goldsmith suggested, well, why not bring them in to make it themselves? And I thought, can you do that? Can somebody learn how to make a ring in a day? Mm-hmm. Don't be silly. And actually, it's amazing they can. Um, and we have clients, we had a, a couple coming down from Glasgow recently to, to make their own wedding rings. Um, and the joy in their face, it's, I mean, you're going to have such an amazing ah. time when you do it. I mean, you're only, it's, you're about seven months away from getting married. Um, when is it you're actually making your rings? Uh, well, we're going to be going very, very soon. Right. So we, we, we said we'd do it at the start of the year. So oh, amazing. Can, hopefully soon. <laughs> you're going to have so much fun with it because, you know, how we do it is in the morning you make something in silver mm-hmm. and then in the afternoon you uh, make it in 
precious metal. So you get a bit of a practice run first where you learn some of the techniques. But because you've got that expert over your shoulder, uh, kind of encouraging you, showing you the way, and by the end of a day, you can make your own wedding rings. And it is really romantic. Um, you know, there are some limitations if you want diamonds and if you're wanting to use platinum, it can be a little bit trickier because it's a much harder metal to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, you can do 80% of it and then let us finish it off. Right. You know. Yeah, which is which is lovely because I, I guess most couples would make each other's rings, would you say? Or is it actually they make their own? No, normally they make each other's. So mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the groom will make the grooms and the bride will make the grooms or the bride will make the bride. So they normally mm. make each other's, which is quite nice. Um, um, but I think it just makes it much more romantic. Mm. Um, one thing I really like doing is encouraging couples to you know, ask the friends and family if they've got any old gold in the house that they don't wear. Um, and actually you can make the wedding rings out of, you know, gold or broken earrings, lost chains, broken chains uh, from all their friends. So they can actually Ooh. not only just make their own wedding rings, but they can make it with bits of old jewellery that have belonged to people they love and care about. So they can just make those rings that little bit extra special. Yeah. You know? So there's lots of things people can do. They just need to be given ideas. Yeah, and that that's really nice because it's sort of additional things like maybe perhaps like you've had a loved one that you've lost and you can use some of their jewelry for it. It's quite it's quite um, reminiscent of them. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's you know the the wedding ring is genuinely the only thing that you will keep forever after you get married. Yeah. You're never going to wear your dress again, really. No. Um, you know your cake will disappear, the flowers will die. But your wedding rings are something that are eternal. They will stay on your finger for your whole married life. So I think a lot of people don't put enough thought into the wedding rings because, you know, they're they're looking at the dresses and everything else. And then it comes to wedding rings. um, And actually making your own just makes it that that little bit more romantic. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of interesting things with make your own. We encourage people to think outside the box. So some of the things we've done fairly recently, um, we've had, we had a couple where we recorded each other laughing. And then we turned that laughter into a sound wave. And then we cut the sound wave out of the front of the ring. So every time they're having a bad day or a sad day, they just have to look at the ring and their partner's laughing at them or with them. <laughs> um, so there's Love lots that. of little things you can do that just make that a little bit more interesting. And we had a, another couple recently where I encouraged them to, you know, I, I asked them lots of questions and found out where it was they proposed and it was some pub on the Isle of Wight. We found the wedding at the coordinates of exactly where, you know, the, the very first time they met, you know, where their life started together. And then we put that on the inside of the ring as coordinates. It means nothing to anybody else, but it's a little bit more interesting than just your initials and the day you got married. Yeah, and it's really, really sweet, actually, how personal that, that can be. Yeah. Um, would you, you said there were some limitations in terms of like adding diamonds or like specific designs. Mm. What kinds of limitations is it just because um, the metal can be too difficult to work with for someone that's an amateur? Or Yeah, I mean, it really comes down to more things like setting the diamonds. You know, mm-hmm. that's a real skill that takes many, many years to, to, to learn and master. So when we have a, a couple and there is that challenge because she really wants to have a diamond set in her ring, we just work with her and make sure that... Um, they understand that, you know, he will finish hers and she will have, you know, most of the ring done um, and then we will just finish it off and actually set those diamonds for her. Um, but actually just being involved with it is, is nice. But we also, we, we've taken it one step further because we also do um, invite groups down. So for example, if you and your sex bridesmaids and best man want to come down, you can actually come down and make um, 
a little bit of jewellery for your bridesmaids. Some cufflinks. Oh, that's nice. That's for, a really nice idea. So you can just take that a little bit further. But but actually, it's a really nice, fun day because you know you're in the workshop with people you know, love, and you get to make each other you know a little wedding charm or something. So rather than just giving them something that you've bought off a shelf. You actually get to make that little thing. Um, you know, you can bring the mother of the bride down, all these kind of things, and you can just make something. So we've tried to make it more... I think, you know, retail has changed a lot, and it's now much more about experience. And people want to have a nice experience because they remember that, and that's what they share. And you've also got to be aware of things like, you know, Instagram and TikTok. People mm-hmm. want to share those experiences with their their friends who maybe live in Australia now or you know, across the globe, but we have the ability to share these really exciting moments with the people that we care about who might not be around us anymore. So um, you can make those experiences fun for everybody. And I think that's what we're really trying to do with the workshop. Um, so this is one of the benches we would use mm-hmm. if there's sort of two or three people coming together, you know, um, if you make each other's wedding rings and we've got more benches over here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a really nice thing for people to do. It just, it makes it a bit more uh, romantic yeah absolutely and you know speaking of romantic we 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 started off talking about um engagement rings and obviously women's engagement yes. rings i think it's a little bit more difficult if um if you are in a same-sex relationship or you are proposing to your uh, potential future husband um how do you find a man's engagement ring i think that's quite a tricky one yeah that's you know that's a great question um when i in fact t- today is my 16th wedding anniversary is it, oh, it is, yes, yeah. yeah so i was one of the first same-sex couples uh, to ever get married in the uk wow uh, that's amazing <clears throat> when john and i decided we were going to do it um and we were probably the most unromantic couple ever <laughs> uh, we actually when we when we got married we booked the register office and then we both forgot about it. Right. So it was only when, it was only when a friend phoned me up on the on the set. Or, you know, God, it was meant to be at the the end of uh, November. And he said, "Oh, what time do you want us round at tomorrow?" I'm thinking, "What are you coming round tomorrow for?" And he's like, um, "You asked me to be a witness." And I totally oh forgot. Oh my gosh! John had forgotten. Uh, in fact, we forgot it was our anniversary until I got a text from Mum last night saying, "Oh, happy anniversary for tomorrow." <laughs> uh, um, so we had to rebook. We actually had to rebook our wedding day. Oh gosh! That's wow. Like, we're two men. We're just yeah. not very good at these sort of things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but neither of us really thought much about uh, wedding rings but when we or, or engagement rings but actually we were a bit nervous about going into a jewellers and mm. you know as a couple asking for uh, you know rings because we thought oh god we'll here we go us, yeah and actually do you know what the experience was the total opposite that's good um, that's lovely to hear and, and we do find a lot of couples uh, are still a bit nervous about going in um um, buying wedding rings because they're just not sure well, is, do we need wedding rings or should we wear wedding rings um, so it's just about making your customers feel comfortable mm. uh, and never making any assumptions um, yeah absolutely and did, who, who proposed to who? Uh, do you know I think we just agreed you just agreed yeah yeah, yeah. it was really romantic yeah. you know yeah yeah over a kebab or something you know <laughs> and a bottle of iron brew um, yeah we, we, we decided um because we could, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've been together now for 22 years. I was, I was 21 when I got married. Wow. Um, oh yeah, 16 years ago, it was frightening. Yeah, it goes really quickly, eh? Yeah, but you were seeing more and more couples now. So we never thought about engagement rings. We just thought wedding rings. Men don't wear engagement rings. But actually, we're seeing a trend now where um, after, you know, he proposes maybe to uh, his his partner, his, his girlfriend or, or boyfriend, um. Actually, you know, uh, it's nice for him to also say, I'm taken. 
you know, you, these days you're not getting married sometimes for two years after you propose. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a great way of getting used to wearing a ring. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be expensive. We normally find men's engagement rings. They're buying things that are quite cool and a little bit trendy. So, you know, for example, this one here is is made with, um, it's titanium, so it's really lightweight. Um, it's £89. Okay, um, it so has, it's not, and that's that's lovely looking at it. It's really, really pretty. Yeah, exactly. And it, I think this is where people get confused about things engagement. They think it has to be expensive to be precious, and, and it really doesn't. So this has got crushed opals in the middle, and then it's got a wood inlay around it. It's really nice. It's a bit trendy. But actually what it does is it sort of says... I'm taken, you mm-hmm. know, not that you have to tell people you're taken, but it's, it's, it's nice to, to make that commitment. Yeah. You know, we're seeing a lot of couples having things like promise rings now as well. Yeah. And I mean, I, I have a, um, an acquaintance from university who, um, I saw on her social media, her partner proposed to her and then a couple of months later, she returned the favor to him yeah. and sort of gave him a ring as well, which is a lovely idea if you're both wanting something. Um, my my partner said to me that one of his colleagues uh, proposed to his girlfriend recently, um, and he's decided that actually he wants to wear a ring as well. So yeah. it's something that's a bit of a mutual decision, as you say, getting used to wearing one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, it is one of those things that a lot of men they get married. They wear a wedding ring and it feels alien to them. They've, they've, it's often the very first piece of jewellery a man will ever wear. Yeah, um, I didn't think of it that way. Will, will be a wedding ring. So if you've never worn a ring before, it takes a bit of time to get used to it sometimes. So by actually doing it, you know, a few years before, by the time you get to your wedding... You've... It's just a different ring you're putting on. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. But you, you don't want to take it off because no. you're, you're used to it now. And like I said, they don't have to cost a lot of money for it to still mean something. And, mm. and you know, I think that's what we always say to couples. It's because you asked earlier about choosing your wedding rings. I think the most important thing is, uh, you know, if you've got a budget, uh, stick to it. You know, mm-hmm. you should be comfortable. Don't don't put yourself into debt buying wedding rings. Because you can always upgrade them later in the future as well, couldn't uh, you? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And yeah. this is what we say to people. Um, and actually what happens is a lot of women persuade their husbands to go for, or their, their partners to go for uh, one of these 98 pound ones so that she can have more diamonds in hers, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, very clever. We are master manipulators, us women. (laughs) You know, most men oblige. They're quite happy because it's all they care about is having something on their finger. Mm. And it's about what it symbolizes often more. And if you lose a ring that's only costing £98, you know, it's not the end of the world. Exactly. And that's what I'm looking forward to to when we're making our rings is, as you say, we're starting off in the morning, creating one out of silver and then one out of um, our white gold is the metal we've chosen. Brilliant. Brilliant. and that silver ring, you know, my partner and I have gone, oh, that's brilliant. Because if one, if we lose the ring, we've got another one yeah. uh, of exactly the same match. Yeah. Uh, and other reason being, if I need to go work the national wedding show or something like that, and I'm doing a lot of heavy lifting, I can wear that instead. You know, it's not, brilliant. yeah, which gives it a nice backup really. Yeah. So, yeah. A lot of women now as well. I mean, a lot more women work now than you know, 40, 50 years ago. Absolutely. You know, it now takes two wages to, to have a house. Um, Don't we know it? <laughs> so so we're actually finding that a lot of women are, are going for something that's practical. Mm. And a lot of women have two wedding rings. They've got one that matches their engagement ring. And if you're a nurse or a vet, you work in an environment where actually you, you can't wear your rings, but you can wear a plain band, um, we find a lot of, it's, it's the norm now to have more than one. Outside, I have nine wedding rings. Wow. Uh, I did not expect that. I thought I thought you were about to come out with three. I've been married once, but I have because I keep seeing something. I think, well, that's cool. That'll go with that watch. So you know, um, and you know, people do get divorced. It does happen, and sometimes they'll buy a ring in. I think, 
I quite like that. So I end up wearing somebody else's wedding ring because <laughs> I think it's quite cool. So there's, there's nothing wrong with having, and a lot of women have more than one engagement ring. Yes, well, that my best friend's got more than one engagement ring. She's got her engagement ring, which is, you know, has the diamonds in it. Yeah. And she's got one that's cubic zirconia. Yeah. So it's like, again, like that backup ring. She does a lot of, she works a lot with her hands. She does a lot of like heavy lifting at events and things like that. So, Absolutely. you know, she's got a spare ring that if it gets knocked yep. and you lose the stone, Absolutely. not the end of the world. You don't even necessarily have to be buying an engagement ring. You could just buy a... A second ring for your beautiful partner. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know. Drop a hint there. Yes, yes. Come on, so listen, guys. Listen, if you're men, listening, <laughs> get, get her shots. another ring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, diamonds are a girl's best friend, after all. Yes, 100%. Yeah. I, I can only agree. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, what we're also seeing is that um, men are also wearing wedding jewellery. Before, yeah. it was always... It was always women that wore wedding jewelry. They would think about, you know, what they're going to wear with their dress. Um, but we're actually seeing men now are thinking about, you know, oh, should I wear a bracelet or do I wear a watch? Mm. You know, so we're getting asked so many more questions now. People are, uh, and actually some men are wearing pearls. Really? Yeah, so what, yeah. kind, where would, what kind of jewelry would they be wearing with pearls on it? It's, you know, a lot of men are wearing normal strands of pearls. I mean, it's, I think it started off with Harry Styles. Oh, yeah, so, of course, yeah. You know, yeah. if if Harry can wear pearls, then, you know. I um, can wear pearls too. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and it's it's not just uh, same-sex couples. We're getting yeah. a lot of uh, heterosexual men that also think, do you know what? I like wearing jewellery. It's cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I, I think, you know, if there's one day that you want to feel really special, it, it's your wedding day. So why oh, not absolutely. wear the jewellery that you would like to wear? Exactly. And, and I think this is what we're seeing is, you know, Everything's upside down now. There's no, I don't think anyone knows. I don't know what the norm is. I don't know what a, a traditional engagement ring is anymore or a traditional wedding ring because it's about being yourself. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, wear what makes you happy. That's the number one advice I give to anybody. You know, it's your style. You're the one that has to wear it. If you want to rock pearls or you want to rock a crazy big snake ring like I'm wearing today, <laughs> then just do it. It's, it's, it's you and your partner. The day should be about, you mm. you know and uh, wedding jewelry is as much a part it, it can be just as special because often you'll find um, the wedding jewelry is often bought by sometimes uh, it's a, a wedding gift or it's bought by you know um, the, the 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 mother of the bride it will often buy something pearls are your very classic traditional um wedding jewelry um, but now we're seeing women wearing diamond necklaces and because of lab grown diamonds you can buy a really accessible diamond necklace that is wow. And mm. um, if you want to wear a tiara, you rock a tiara. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, <laughs> it's 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 all about you know what you feel comfortable with. So I think that's what we say to people: don't wear what you want. It's your wedding yeah, day. Yeah, absolutely. Know. And so when you, if we're talking about a starting point for jewelry, yeah, um, what kind of considerations do you want to take in? I think that it, you know, it often comes down to simply your outfit. You mm-hmm. know, what are you wearing for your wedding? Do you have a, a, a low neckline? Do you need to wear something like a, a bit of a choker, pearls? Do you feel more comfortable? A lot of women don't wear much jewelry at all. They just wear a nice bracelet. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people will take into you know something blue or something borrowed, mm-hmm. something old, and they'll actually use the jewelry to, to, to kind of tie those things into it. Well, that's so, exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, you know, my, my granny was gifted um, a pearl bracelet by my grandpa who passed away uh last year now right, um right. and so 
I'm wearing that pearl bracelet and um, my partner's nan who again also she passed away back in 2021 I think um, I'm wearing her earrings which were pearl earrings so you know those those kinds of things can add like a really nice personal touch can't they and there's a memory side to it too people who are not with you anymore are still kind of with you in spirit yeah Um, and what I love is the idea that you know if you go on to have a daughter and she says get married she could wear that pearl bracelet Mm. and you can create a a, a family tradition yeah and we see that more and more actually people wearing the wedding jewel that their mother wore that their grandmother wore and that's that thing that just makes the it that little bit more special. Um, so, you know, when it comes to jewellery, again, pearls don't have to cost the earth. No. Um, you know, you can get simulated pearls that cost £20 that are no just as beautiful. No one's going to know the difference. <laughs> yeah, but, and it should just simply be about, like I said earlier, wear something that you love wearing. Um, you know, most you generally find most brides or grooms will seek permission from their friends or their family. Oh, what do you think of this? So it can be a really fun experience shopping with, you know, a bridesmaid or a best man to find the cufflinks that you're going to wear. So we normally just recommend making uh, making fun of it. Mm. You know, trying things on with your wedding dress, um, seeing what you think looks best. Um, but these days, people wear all sorts of things from, you know, gold serpent spine necklaces to pearls to, to nothing, you know. Yeah. And that's the thing, it's got to be, it's got to reflect your personality and reflect you, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And actually we had a, a lovely couple recently um, and she had picked up some broken glass from the beach and Matt, who's working over my shoulder here, <laughs> uh, he polished the bottles into little, almost like pebbles and then we turned those into a necklace and then she gifted that to her uh, girlfriend and that's what she wore on her wedding day so wow that's so nice actually it's yeah. a different something different yeah, that people something that's lying around on a beach turned into a piece of jewelry that means the world to her yeah you know all it cost was a bit of labor from matt who polished them made them look amazing but it meant so much more to that couple than just buying something so again we normally recommend having a little look on um Instagram, TikTok, um, Pinterest. Pinterest, that's the one I was trying to think yeah. of. Still don't understand Pinterest, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but brides seem to have Pinterest boards everywhere. But it's, it's great. There's so many exciting things that you can uh, get in, inspired by just by using the internet. So, uh, you know, come into the shop, have a glass of champagne and just try things on. You yeah, know, perfect. Bring your friends and just have a bit of fun. And, and make a day of it. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, David, for joining me today no on the podcast. We've learned so much about lab-grown diamonds, jewellery, wedding rings. Really, really appreciate your time. So thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Great. And it's been great to talk about diamonds and all things bling. <laughs> all things bling. If you'd like to learn more about David Roger Sharp Jewellers, we'll be linking both of their shops in the show notes below. And um, yeah, we will see you next time on The Wedding Podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of Guides for Brides, the wedding podcast. Head over to guidesforbrides.co.uk to continue your wedding planning. And don't forget to like, follow and subscribe on our social media channels at Guides for Brides.